Yeah, we continue on the Friday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings. As Sarah said, talking some Cardinals, talking some NFL with uh, former NFL kicker, now CBS NFL analyst, Jay Feely, who joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Jay, good morning. How are you? Great. How are you guys doing? Doing real good. Uh, we've spent some time talking about what uh, wow. what the Cardinals have done in, in free agency, what they haven't done in free agency. I'd love to get your thoughts on, on what you see. First offseason for Monty Asenfort, new coaching staff, new philosophies. They have been quiet. Uh, is, is that by design? Was that expected in your eyes? Well, let's be honest with your viewers first, because I've been uh, out of the country for the last two weeks in uh, Poland and Israel. So the last thing on my mind has been football. <laughs> so I haven't sitting there been looking at what the Cardinals have been doing. But uh, it doesn't surprise me when you have a new staff come in. You're trying to figure out you know, your ownership. You're trying to figure out your team, your players, do an evaluation of who you are, and then make prudent decisions going forward. I think if you look at the Cardinals over the past you know, couple of years, and you, you said, what's the criticism of them? It's, it's making moves too quickly, whether it's with the coaching staff, with the GM, uh, and, and those extensions, or even some of the players and the moves that they made. So uh, I think prudence is, is a measure that, um, you know, as a fan, it can be frustrating, but a lot of times it's the right move. And, and most of those free agent moves at the beginning, when you look at the first few days, uh-huh. they don't work out. It's the big money. It's yeah. the big, big, you know, stars that you're sitting, you're seeing, get signed and the guys that end up working out and that are value are the ones that that are signed later on so a lot of times prudence is is the best course yeah that's a great point um you've been part of winning teams i i wonder what you think about this monty austin ford at least has got this opportunity now to kind of rebuild this roster in a way he deems fit from what you know about culture in the nfl when you've got this kind of opportunity how do you build how do you install really good culture well, I think the culture starts with the head coach. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think it starts with the GM. Got it. Um, you, know, you know, I think when you're talking about a locker room and you're talking about players and coaches, the GM sets the tone and the tenor for who you are and what your philosophy is. And you need your head coach and your GM to have the same philosophy both for what you're going to put on the field and what you're going to ask those players to do and the style that you're going to play with and then the players that you're going to go acquire. And I think the best teams, they have a symbiotic relationship between the front office and between the head coach and what they're doing out there on the, on the field. And so that's the biggest priority when you talk about a GM and culture is understanding your coaches, understanding their philosophies, understanding their schemes, and then going and getting the right players for the right situations that they're going to put them in. But when it comes the culture that's all in your head coach you know and then you have a first time head coach and and he, that's his biggest struggle is to come in especially with this Cardinals team and where they've been at and and the criticisms that I think are fair uh and and why they have fallen short and I think culture is a big part of that Jay Fiole from CBS Sports our guest I'm curious to expand on that in, in your experience and I don't disagree with you I think it has to be built from from the head coach uh the top of the coaching staff down throughout the locker room but you've played for a lot of coaches in, in your NFL career. You played for experienced coaches. I think you played for a couple of, uh, I'm looking at your career now, a couple of first-time coaches. For the for the younger coaches, just feeling their way through their first positions, how much more noticeable was it from a player's standpoint that the culture construction took a little bit longer? 
Well, I, I, you know, I played for Rex Ryan when he got his first head coaching job. He certainly wasn't a young guy, but, yeah. um, you know, he, he had a certain way about him. And you had to, as a GM, know that he didn't want discipline. And so you had to fill your locker room with guys that were going to self-police that locker room. And for the first couple of years, we, we had that and went to two AFC championships with the Jets. And then it fell apart really quickly because they didn't do a good job of keeping those guys or replacing similar guys coming in. Yeah, but I've seen it also with first-time head coaches that are great guys, a guy like Cam Cameron, that it didn't work, and it didn't work in a hurry. Um, you know, and, and I think you could point to two or three instances where he lost that locker room. You know, and, and so as a head coach, you're going to step in there and you're going to give these speeches and you're going to talk to your teams and you're going to set the path and the vision for the future but you got to be really careful because, you know, you can say one or two things and you can quickly lose that locker room and that can have big ramifications. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, I'm curious what you think conceptually the Cardinals should be doing with DeAndre Hopkins. So let's assume that the team says, OK, he, he wants out and, and he's a luxury item and we're not in a win mode now. So let's do this. And there's a handful of teams that seem to love him. And yet the return seems to be way below market value, value given the fact the Cardinals gave up a first round pick for Hollywood Brown. What do you do in a case like this in, in effort to build culture? Do you just trade them and get what the best asset you can? Do you maybe play hardball and draw the line and say, listen, if we don't get something close to fair market value, we're not moving this guy. How do you play this if you're the Cardinals? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason they need to do anything now um, before the draft. If you, if you want to move him, uh, you can certainly wait. You can wait and wait until training camp, wait till guys get hurt and get injured and teams get a lot more desperate. Uh, and, and so I think you have patience again. And there's no reason if you like him and, and you like the kind of guy he is and how he uh, interacts with Kyler Murray, we know what kind of player he is. Then there's no reason you can't keep him either and just say, you know what, you're playing for us. And, you know, yeah. we're not going to give up, you know, one of the better receivers in the NFL. Jay Feely from CBS Sports, our guest here on the Bickley and Murata mornings around the league. Uh, we still have no resolution on Lamar Jackson, still no resolution on Aaron Rodgers. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it, Jay. It looks like, I don't know, the Jets, maybe their fan base is, is making it seem this way, that it's Aaron Rodgers or bust. And I can't understand why a team like the Jets that are still a quarterback away, regardless of who that quarterback is, wouldn't have any interest in Lamar Jackson. What do you think is going on there? Well, I think that for sure Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. It's just a matter of when. That's going to happen. I think they've already planned on it. And when that compensation happens, he'll go there. And he doesn't want to be there for the offseason anyways. He knows the offense. So I don't think it's a huge deal when that deal gets done. But Lamar Jackson, and I've said this a couple times on Twitter, you know, when he first got tagged, there's 10 teams at least that I think should be interested in him. Um, You know, I mean, I think he is a game changer for an organization. And when you don't have a starting quarterback and you don't have your quarterback in your future, then you should be interested in, in a guy like Lamar Jackson. And I'd make a run at him and I'd make a contract that, you know, you find a way that you don't think Baltimore will match that contract and bring him in because you talk about exciting a fan base. You know, but here's the issue. Here's the hard thing I think with Lamar is that you have to be all in on philosophically. My quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Here's his skill set. Here's how we have to build this team. And you look at the, the Ravens, and they're unique in the way they built that team. And you know, the, the multiple tight end sets and the running formations and 
um, trying to be very diverse in their run game. It's not the typical NFL, um, you know, and, and, and you worry about his health and you worry about him being able to get through a season because he hasn't done that the last two years. Those are the considerations. But I, but I, if I didn't have a quarterback and I didn't have my quarterback in the future, I certainly wouldn't be interested in Lamar Jackson. All right, before we let you go, tell us more about the trip that you were on, the mission that you were on, Jay. Well, we, we actually we went over to Poland and we met a hundred Ukrainian Jewish refugees that had been pushed out of Ukraine. They came over to Poland and we did a flight and we flew them to Israel, um, to their homeland and, and they resettled and lived there. And so it was really cool to be a part of that sad, wow. you know, to watch these families. There was one family, they were 85 years old and been married for 56 years and had been pushed out of their homes in world war two. And then now again, being pushed out of their homes with this Russian invasion and, and to see a, a family like that, and just kind of think forward to where you are at 85 years old and to lose your house a second time, you know, because of these wars is, is just heartbreaking. Um, but very cool to be a part of that process. And, and then to go around the country, Israel, you know, and to really understand it, to see it, and to understand the geopolitical climate there, to understand the historical context of religious. For me, it was a very religious uh, experience for that week. So to do that with, with some NFL players, guys like Sean Alexander and Nick Lowry and Nate Boyer, um, and then with a group of special forces w- was really cool. I mean, just to, to kind of mix our groups together and to be together for, for a week uh, in a country like that was pretty special. That is awesome. Yeah, Kudos to really you is. and everybody Kudos that got you, involved man. in that, and I feel like a big failure right now, Vic. I <laughs> felt, I, <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a mountain there called Masada that King Herod built, and we hiked up that, and then and then hike down. It's one of the coolest things I've ever done. And to do it with special forces. Now, I couldn't walk for the next three days. Uh-huh. Like I was hobbling around like I was eight years old. But uh-huh. it was pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's excellent. No, very, well done, very Jay. cool, Jay. And thanks for uh, joining us. We appreciate it, man. Yeah.